When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We continue our college football preview with Pac-12 and the Big 12 Conference previews. And time-dependent, we'll talk Major League Baseball, Live Golf, and NFL. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome into an all new Sports Stove Podcast, presented by In the Clutch, your officially licensed apparel, Major League Baseball, MLBPA, NFL, NHL, and so much more. Go to InTheClutch.com and use the code Sports Stove. You'll get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, welcome into the show, Dad Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. A lot of football going on these days, so that's exciting. I love following training camp, so. Thursday night kickoff uh, Hall of Fame game, so we are in official football <laughs> football week. Uh, it's a good time, good time to be alive. Um, you know, we're recording this on a Saturday night. Typically, we record on a Sunday, so we are guaranteed to have a major sports news happen sometime between the time we end recording tonight and the airing of our of the podcast. So. Uh, you're welcome, sports fans, for doing this early so that we can have some breaking news that we will miss and not discuss. And you'll listen to this on Monday and go, why didn't they talk about the Juan Soto trade? Well, it hasn't happened yet, at least as of this recording. Um, so I'm sure something exciting will happen uh, in the sports world as well. Uh, but yes, Dad, we got lots of stuff to talk about. Um, college football is nearing as well. I've got a media day i'm going to next week at eastern kentucky university and so uh everything is getting that much closer camp starts for college football uh tomorrow or monday i guess i believe and so a lot of stuff is going on a lot of good things happening and everything but we are continuing through our college football preview next week we start our nfl preview so we'll go through the divisions and give uh, everybody our thoughts on win totals, our thoughts on fantasy impact players, and everything as well. Might do some different things uh, fantasy-wise as well as we go through these these things starting next week. But today, Dan, we're going to start with the Pac-12 conference. We know there's a lot of um, things up in the air with the Pac-12 right now. UCLA and USC have already announced they're leaving for the Big Ten uh, and there is rumors of other teams leaving to either the Big 12, uh, the Big 10, somewhere. We just don't know what's going to happen. The Pac-12 Conference commissioner said they're doing everything they can to keep keep everything going there in the Pac-12. So we'll see how all this shakes out at the end as well. 
Let's start with the North Division, Dad, and that uh, means we probably need to start with Oregon. Uh, new coach this year in Dan Lanning. They have 14 returning starters, which is pretty solid, and they don't have to play USC uh, as far as the cross-conference play. They do get Utah and UCLA. Both of them, though, have to come to Oregon, and Oregon has a new quarterback. Uh, you may have heard of him. Bo Nix comes over from Auburn to be the quarterback in Oregon as well. Their win total is at nine. Uh, Dad, you go over under nine with Oregon this year. Um, I think I would go over nine with them, be about right at nine. But, yeah, I think could go over. Here's something you got to remember as we look through some of this, and we'll talk about this maybe later, but we might as well cover it now. The, the divisions don't matter anymore. It matters for your schedule. It doesn't matter for your chances at the conference championship. You don't have to win the South to play in the conference championship. You can actually be second place in the South and still compete for the championship because the divisions don't play a role in that this year. So Oregon not only has to beat out their division, but they actually have to beat out uh, all but at least one other team in the South Division as well. New coach, new quarterback, a quarterback who underachieved at Auburn. Um, this one, I go under nine. I think nine might be the number, um, but I'm going to go ahead and say under nine for this Oregon team, Dad. And I think they're a big game to watch, and you could argue it's it's a number of different games, and I'll talk about that a lot really in the Big 12 as well. But um, I'm going to go out of conference with BYU as the big game for Oregon. Uh, that game might determine whether or not they get over nine wins or not. Do you have a game to watch for for Oregon this year? Um, I think it'd be the Georgia game. Um, again, you know, that's going to be a little bit of a measuring stick. I don't believe they'll beat Georgia. Can they play with them? Um, would it affect their season if they really get romped by Georgia? Um, I, you know, playing a team like that right off make you know, can be a, a little scary, but to me, that'll be a, that's one of the big games to watch for them. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could jump on Georgia, uh, being in that it's the what, first game of the season, right, for Oregon, um, or early on in the season at least. So, yeah, that's an interesting one for sure. I, I don't think they beat or, uh, Georgia either, um, but uh, it'd be a big one if they did. That set them off on the right foot for sure. Uh, Oregon State, seven wins last year. They led uh, the conference in yards per play. They've got a really good O-line. They return Chance Nolan at quarterback. I like experienced quarterback in college especially. The defense was not good on third downs. As a matter of fact, they were one of the worst in the conference on third downs. So they have to improve there. They've got a low number. Six wins is what they're set at uh, here. I'm going over six wins for Oregon State. I don't think it'll be much over. Uh, but I go over six wins uh, what do you have for Oregon State? Yes, I think I'd go over six wins on them also. Uh, I think that, that would be there. And I think the big game, of course, you know, they always have rivalry games. But the Oregon game is a big game, I think, for them as far as a little bit of a measuring stick is concerned and if they're going to keep moving up. I go the other way on their important game because I, I want to pick a game they might win. Uh, I don't think they're going to beat Oregon. Uh, so I go Washington State. As they look at this division, uh, Washington, Washington State are all somewhat close to them, I think at least. So they got to win those games. So I picked Washington State as the game to watch. And they get Washington State at home this year as well. Uh, let's go to Washington. They got a new head coach, Kalen DeBoer. He uh, comes over from Fresno State. They got a new quarterback, Michael Penix from Indiana. They've got a really good defense. They did lose their starting cornerbacks, both of them. So that'll hurt uh, as well. Their number's at seven and a half wins. And, Dad, I tend to go under seven and a half on Washington. I, again, I think that seven's probably the right number for them. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, they're going to be fine this year, but I don't think they're going to be great this year. What's your thoughts on Washington? Yeah, again, these teams with new coaches, you know, it's going to take a while maybe for them to get settled in there. And I'd agree. I think seven's probably the number. So I'd go under seven and a half. Um, there and again, you know, there's going to be several teams in the Pac-12 that are all a little, you know, in there together. And I, so I think a big game for them would be Arizona State. Oh, okay, I like that. Um, I I went with Oregon. I kind of went the reverse of what I did with Oregon State, uh, but I picked Oregon as their key game. 
Um, it's just one of those games. I don't know. I, I think it can be a boost for your program if you can push that one really close. Uh, they're getting them at home will help as well. Uh, so that's the one I picked for them. But again, I'm going under seven and a half. Washington State, they've got head coach Jake Dickert. He actually took over middle of last season. They bring in an FCS quarterback, Cameron Ward, who actually comes over with the offensive coordinator. They have a good defense at Washington State. I was surprised to see their numbers so low. It's at five, five wins for the season. Where do you sit with Washington State? Yeah, I think they'll be over five wins. I think they're, you know, um, they, they should have potential to do that. And Washington State's one of those teams seem like always wins a big game, you know, maybe sometime during the year, kind of that way in the Pac-12. But, yeah, I would go over um, over five games with them. Yeah, Dickert won that job through his performance last season. Uh, the players really seem to play for him, like him. Uh, you know, we bring an FCS quarterback in, there's a little bit of question of whether or not they can uh, carry the load. But I can tell you, as someone who watches an FCS quarterback, uh, yeah, they can carry the load. So I'm going to say over five also. I think they could be a surprise team this year. Uh, getting in that seven-win range I think would be a big deal for them. Uh, I've got their their big game against Arizona. You talked about this with Arizona State. I just think they're kind of in that same category. So those are the games they got to win to get over that five. So Arizona's the game I pick for Washington State. I, I pick the game that they've got and they need to win two and probably can, and that's Stanford. Yeah. Uh, it could be close, but that, that'd be a, a measuring stick there. Yeah, it's an interesting conference, man. These teams, I think there's kind of, well, we'll talk about the tiers in a minute, but uh, there's a lot of Pac 12 teams that are right there together. Uh, let's move on to Cal. Cal brings back uh, seven starters. Defense is really good. They bring in the Purdue quarterback, Jack Plummer. Uh, they are replacing a lot of their offense this year. Their number's at five and a half. I got to be honest with you. I went over five and a half, but I think six is like the roof. And I just looked at their schedule and think they can get to six, though, uh, relatively easily. So I go over five and a half on Cal. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. I think they can get to six, qualify for a bowl, maybe even a little better. Uh, so I would go over five and a half there. And again, a game, you know, it's going to be a big game for them if they're going to uh, maybe um, do better than expected would be Washington. Uh, see how they play against a team like that. So I think that's a big game. I'm with you. I picked Washington as well. Uh, Stanford, uh, 11 and 19 over their last three seasons. They had a, a great start uh, to the Shaw era, but the last three seasons have not been good. This year, listen to these guys on the schedule. USC, UCLA, Utah, BYU, and Notre Dame all on the schedule this year. They do have a good quarterback. Tanner McKee is back. The defense was bad. They gave up 235 rushing yards per game last year. That has to get better. Four and a half is their win total, Dad. Where do you sit with Stanford? Um, I'll go under on them. Uh, they should be able to win four games. I don't know that they can win five. They can if they surprise a team or two. Um, but I, I will go under. And, again, if they're going to go over that, a game they would need to win would be a game like Cal. I Now, I pick Cal as the team also to watch, the game to watch. I went over four and a half, though. I, I just believe they've got to get things turned around. And, again, I'm a big fan of returning quarterbacks. Tanner McKee is good. So I think there's a, some progress there this year. Still not back to where they were, but I think they get over the four and a half this year, uh, in my opinion. Uh, the South Division is uh, heating up. Utah comes back, returning. They won their first ever Pac-12 uh, championship last year. They scored 37 points per game. Quarterback Cameron Rising is back as well. They've got good skill players, but they lost a lot on the O-line. They've got a stout defense, but there's those high expectations. And when you have a high expectation, when you ne haven't necessarily had that high of ex expectations before, I think that you're asking for trouble. Nonetheless, their win total is at nine, and I pick them to go over. Where do you sit with Utah? Yeah, I think they can go over. I think they're headed in the right direction. You're right. When you have expectations, it makes it a little harder. But, uh, yeah, I would go over with them. Uh, their game to watch, I picked USC. I think there's a lot of games on Utah's schedule that's important, but uh, I went with USC. Yeah, the game I've got, make sure I've got that right here, 
is yeah i want to make sure that was the right one because it's out of conference and i think starting out with florida would yeah. be big big with them um again they can beat florida probably should beat florida i think it's at florida and um that'll be a big game you know again um, that'll get them off and rolling, or otherwise there'll be questions right off the bat. And a team like Utah going into the swamp, um, big, big good game for them. Yeah, you said it. They should beat Florida. There, there's, there's no question about it. That's a team they've got to beat uh, for sure. Uh, let's talk about USC, Dad. Lincoln Riley comes over from Oklahoma. The defense is definitely the question mark here. He brings in Caleb Williams, quarterback from Oklahoma. He brings over wide receiver Jordan Addison from Pitt. And they have a really, really good offensive line already. So defense is the question mark. I was on the radio this morning, and and I said this, so I got to stick with it. But I think USC. I'm all in on USC this year. I got them uh, over their nine win total, and I think their biggest game is Utah. They've got to take down the defending champs. Uh, where do you sit with USC? Yeah, I, I like Lincoln Riley. I think he can do well out there. I'd agree. I'll go over nine. And to me, um, there are a lot of big games on their schedule, but uh, I think it's Notre Dame. Um, that's always a little bit of a rivalry game, and that would be a big game to win. Yeah. Do you think Lincoln Riley has a better year this year or a better year next year? Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Next year, I mean, I think he'll keep building, but I think he can have a good year this year. Uh, let's move on down the road to UCLA. They return a quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson. They've got a solid offense. The defense actually had some really good additions through the portal. They've got a pretty tough schedule, as everybody really does in the South. It's a gauntlet to get through. This was one I battled with, Dad. Eight and a half is the number. Do you go over or under with UCLA? Um, I think I'll go over at nine because, again, they're not going to have any trouble out of conference. And um, I, I, I think there'd be a good chance they can they can get to nine. So I'll go over. Uh, who's their big game? You think Utah? Uh, Utah will be a big game. UT, Utah and UCLA. And uh, if they beat Utah, they're well on their way. Yeah, it took a few years for Chip Kelly to get things rolling in UCLA, but it seems like he's got them going the right direction. So I'm going over eight and a half. Utah is again the game that I picked as well uh, for that. Let's go to Arizona. Um, <laughs> one in eleven last year under new new coach Jed Fish. I think he's building. I actually like him and think he can do something there. They've got uh, a new quarterback from Washington State, Jaden Delora. They've got good defensive backs, but the, the the front seven is an issue on defense as well. They've got a low number at two and a half. They only won one game last year. Where do you sit with Arizona? Um, again, you know, they've got some tough games. I, I think they're going to have a tough season. They may be able to turn things around, but I, I think they'll be hard pressed this year. Two and a half, that's low. Maybe they can win three games. Um, so I'll go over on that, but I think they're going to have a tough year. All right. So I got them at five wins. So I'm going over two and a half. Um, I've got their big game is UCLA. It's on the road at UCLA. I, I don't know that that's a game they win. Uh, although it could be kind of a, a big surprise game and they sh- they show up and play well. Uh, but I think it's a game where they can earn respect back in, in the division and in the conference. Who's the big game for Arizona? I think one they'd have to win and it's early and they may not is San Diego State. I think if they hmm. could beat them, get off to a good start, and I'm not sure they can. San Diego State may be joining the Pac-12 before too long. Uh, at some point, just because there's no one else to get for the Pac-12. Uh, so we'll see about that. Arizona State, under NCAA investigation, they bring in the Florida transfer, Emory Jones at quarterback. They have transfers in at wide receiver and running back. The defense was good. They did lose a fair amount there as well. Um, I like Emory Jones, and I think that's a good pickup for him. 
Their win total is at six, Dad, and I just don't see it. I'm going under six this year with Arizona State. What about you? I mean, I like Arizona State, like Herm Edwards, and I do think the pickup of the quarterback was good. Uh, but, yeah, I'm afraid with the, the schedule they have, and I'll go under six. I got their big game as Oregon State, uh, cross-division game there. Again, it be a tough game for them to win. But I think there's potential there. Uh, your thoughts on the the big game for Arizona State? I think big game, and again, I don't know that they can win this, but if they were going to have a surprise season, it would be Utah. And that might be the kind of team that could sneak up on Utah. Wow. Yeah, that would be a big one. Um, okay. Uh, Colorado, last team in the Pac-12. They went backwards last year. There was a lot of expectation for them last year, and I was high on them last year and was dead wrong. They lost six Pac-12 games by 15 points or more. That's not that's not good. Um, they got a little bit of a quarterback battle. They do bring in a Tennessee transfer, JT Shrout, uh, who is expected to possibly win that job. Their number is low at three and a half. I like the coach. I think he can build something at Colorado, but I don't think it's this year. So I'm going under three and a half with Colorado. What about you? Yeah, I'll go under three and a half. And I think the problem there is they're out of conference games. They may have trouble winning any of those. And then they're going to have trouble there. And I think a big game um, there will be, you know, some out of conference games. But I think the first one to TCU, you know, they lose to that one. Um, They're going to have, you know, they'll have have a tough time there. I went with a different out of conference game on the road against Minnesota. I uh, feel like that's a team that they sh- they should be able to compete with, and uh, they win that one. That I think that gets them to three wins. Then they got to get another one to get over three and a half. So I'm going to stay under on Colorado. That brings us to our tiers for the Pac-12. We have four tiers. We have championship level tier, conference championship level tier. Tier three is the uh, not this year, maybe sometime down the road. Maybe they're at least moving in the right direction. And then our last tier is our Vanderbilt tier, which I think speaks for itself, but it's the bottom of the barrel. Uh, not No hope, basically, is what I look at there as well. So let's start with our championship-level tier. Uh, what teams you got there? Um, I, I don't think there's any of these teams that are going to fight for the national championship. I don't well, believe they're, they're in that. Okay. Well, I picked two teams in this <laughs> tier. And both of them in the South Division. I picked Utah and USC. I really think USC is going to be incredibly good this year. Their defense is going to lack. uh, But let's face it, the defense wasn't great at Oklahoma either, and they still won a whole bunch of games. So uh, I'm going to put USC and Utah both in that category. Obviously, both of them wouldn't be in the playoffs, but uh, I think there's potential for one of them too. Uh, And I I would pick USC personally, but I put them both there. Um, I've also got two teams in the conference championship tier and I've got Oregon and UCLA sitting there in that tier. Uh, what teams do you have in the second tier? Yeah, I have those four teams, Oregon, USC, Utah, and UCLA all in the, in the conference championship. All right. Uh, the, not this year tier, tier number three, uh, how many, let's, let's do this because that's our biggest tier. How many teams do you have in the Vanderbilt tier? I'm really going back and forth on that, but I think I'll just have one. Just one. all right. Who, who is that? Arizona. Uh, this year they're gonna they're just gonna have a tough time, and they're not gonna be there this year. All right. So I put zero teams in the Vanderbilt tier. Um, I I like what Arizona is going to be doing. I feel like they're going to be on the rise. And that doesn't mean they're going to have a great season. Although I think they win more games than Colorado does this year. So I was battling whether or not to put Colorado in that Vanderbilt tier. I even battled whether or not to put Arizona State in that Vanderbilt tier. But with them bringing Emory Jones in, I kind of like that well enough to keep him out of that. Uh, And Colorado, again, I like their coach. I think it was a bad year last year. I think he's going to build something. So I put all the rest of the teams, Arizona, Colorado, Stanford, Cal, Washington, Washington State, Oregon State, and Arizona State all in that third tier with nobody in the Vanderbilt tier. Do you think that's fair? (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, it's a little tough when you say, especially when you say Vanderbilt, cause that's a whole different ballpark there. But, um, yeah, I don't, I, again, I think, you know, there's teams in every conference that are going to be at the bottom. Um, so I, that, you know, we'll see. I think it's fair to put at least a team there. Okay. Uh, let's switch over to the big 12. 
uh, now. The Big 12 that only has 10 teams, but they can't be called the Big 10 because there's already a conference called the Big 10, even though the Big 10 has, what, 14 teams, 16 teams? Something like Yeah. So, uh, anyways, with the Big 12, 10 teams in there, and I will have someone in the Vanderbilt tier this time, and it's probably <laughs> not who you think it is for what it's worth. All right, so let's get down to it. Uh, let's start with Baylor. They win last year, win the Big 12 last year. The defense was great. 5.2 yards per play, 18.3 points per game. Uh, you don't you don't seem to think defense when you talk Big 12, but I'll tell you, these teams actually had some decent defensive units in this conference last year. Uh, quarterback Blake Shapin is back, and you know me. I like the returning quarterbacks. They are replacing the running back. They have a great O-line. They have a tough road schedule this year. Their number is at eight. I thought that was low, so I'm easily going over eight for Baylor. Uh, what about you? Yes, I go over eight for them also. Yep. And, I guess and, and I think their big game would be um, again if they're if they're gonna if they're gonna get big good like last year it'd be um, Oklahoma OU yep. and I don't know if they can beat them. It's on the road this year at Oklahoma. That's the game I picked as well. But I think they do beat Oklahoma. We'll talk. Well, let's talk about Oklahoma next. Uh, they bring in a new head coach, Brent Venables, DC at uh, Clemson. They lost two quarterbacks, <laughs> not just one quarterback. They lost two quarterbacks in Williams and Spencer Rattler. They do add a quarterback though through the transfer portal, UCF's Dylan Gabriel, and he's a solid quarterback. Wide receiver Marvin Mims is a guy to keep a, an eye on. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. The defense is the question. Now, Venables can fix the defense, but can he do it in one offseason? That's the question mark that I have. Their win total is at nine and a half. And, Dad, I went under. I don't think Oklahoma wins the Big 12 this year, and you'll have to go over that in order to win it. So uh, what are your thoughts on Oklahoma? Well, again, um, I'll go – I'll go over because I think they can win 10. I do think they will win the conference. I talked to my Oklahoma insider this week, and they are pretty big on the quarterback, Gabriel, and, of course, um, the coach is a defensive coach. And um, he was very high on their recruiting, um, that they've really been able to recruit well and get people in. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I think OU could go over. That may be tough with 10 wins, but I think they can. All right. I got their big game as Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State had a great year last year. Um, and, I mean, you could argue Texas. You could argue Baylor. You could argue Kansas State. But at the end of the day, I picked Oklahoma State as that key game to watch. I think the big game to watch could be an upset game, and that would be Kansas State. Uh, that, that's one that they're going to have to win. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Oklahoma State next. Their defense was really good. They have a new defensive coordinator Maybe you heard of him, Derek Mason. Uh, quarterback Spencer Sanders uh, comes in. He had, or returns. He had 12 interceptions last year. That might be the reason they couldn't take it all the way. Uh, so he needs to improve in that. Still a good quarterback, but needs to improve on that. Their number set at nine. I'm going over nine for Oklahoma State. What about you? Um, yes, I'll go over nine on them too. I think they'll have a good year again. And, um, I think their big game will be Baylor. Okay. So I put two games down, which I know is cheating, but I host the show so I can do whatever I want. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma. And what I'm saying is they got to win one of them. Uh, they don't have to win, but now they got to win both of, they want to win the, the, the division of the conference, but they need to win one of those games to get over nine wins. So that's what I put down for them. Um, I, I kind of went back and forth with this on, on Oklahoma State, but uh, I just went ahead. I, again, experienced quarterback. They've been in the system. They know what they're doing. They had a really good year last year. So I think they're going to continue that this year as well. Uh, let's go to Texas. Steve Sarkeesian's second year. They got quarterback Quinn Ewers, transferred in from Ohio State, uh, and didn't play a snap. Supposed to be a great quarterback, although – I've heard people saying he's not a great quarterback. He's got a strong arm, but not accurate, not polished at all. Other people think he's the next great quarterback. They do have good skill players as well. This is a team, too. I wanted to go over nine wins with Texas, but I just could not do it. So I'm going under nine. Again, I think nine's probably the number. uh, But if if I have to pick over or under nine, I'm going to go under nine with Texas this year. But 
they're not far away. It will be very, very shortly. They'll be consistently at the top, although they'll be moving to the SEC soon as well. Where do you sit with Texas? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think they're probably headed in the right direction, but I would go under nine for this year with them. And the big game, if they're going to exceed expectations, would be Baylor, um, how well they'll play against them. I picked Oklahoma State. It's on the road. uh, And I just think, again, that's a team. I don't, I just, I think Baylor's the best team in the conference. So I think that that next level down kind of is, is Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So I pick Oklahoma State as their big game. Uh, Kansas State, they've already been mentioned once already tonight. Uh, a sleeper team. Many people are expecting some big things out of Kansas State. Uh, running back Deuce Vaughn, go ahead and put him on the Heisman list. He could have a phenomenal this year, year this year and be in the runnings. They bring in a new quarterback, Adrian Martinez from Nebraska, comes over. Uh, and they've got a solid defense. I don't love Martinez. Uh, so I don't know that they are going to, uh, you know, be at the very top of this conference. But I think there's potential. They bring in an offensive coordinator that should be able to work with what Martinez can do. Six and a half is the number. I thought that was low. So I went over six and a half for Kansas State. How about you? Yeah, I went over six and a half for them, too. Um, I read where, you know, they're one of the most undervalued teams in the conference. So I think they can I'm surprised, but again, people will be ready for them. And I think the big game, again, um, one, they ought to win, but it's out of conference, and it'll kind of set the tone for the year would be Missouri. Oh, okay. Uh, I went with the same thing I did with Oklahoma State, Texas and Oklahoma. They got to beat one of those teams. Um, And I don't know which one it'll be, but they got to beat one of them uh, to be where they want to be this year. Iowa State, talk about a team that underachieved. They got a head coach that everybody assumes is going to get a big job somewhere, and he never leaves. And he's sitting there at Iowa State still, but they did not look good last year. They lose their quarterback in Brock Purdy. They lose their great running back in Brees Hall to the NFL. They have a sophomore quarterback, Hunter Deckers, and he's supposed to be good. Um, So there's potential there. Will McDonald is an edge rusher. He had 11 and a half sacks last year, so they return him back as well. This one was a hard one for me, Dad. Six and a half is the win total also. You would think I'd go over, but I'm going to go under six and a half on Iowa State. Yeah, looking at their schedule and everything, I would agree would go under. Um, You know, they should be right there about that spot um, from there. And I think the big game, again, one that maybe they could sneak up on would be Texas. Yep, that's who I picked as well. It's at Texas. Um, And again, to get over six and a half, I think they got to beat Texas. I'm not sure that they will, but it's a big, big game for them for sure. West Virginia, um, how are they in the Big 12? I still question that, but (laughs) West Virginia is in the Big 12. And they got to coach a hot seat. Neil Brown has not met the expectations since he's been there. The defense is good. They bring in a quarterback, JT Daniels, who went to Georgia and couldn't beat out Stetson Bennett last year. Uh, so he comes to West Virginia. It's third college now. They've got a good offensive lineman, uh, line, or the whole offensive line. they got a new offensive coordinator. Maybe you've heard of him, minority owner of the Green Bay Packers. Graham Harrell uh, is the offensive coordinator there as well. Comes over from USC. they got good running backs and receivers. The offense should be good. But is it going to be good enough? Five and a half is the number for West Virginia. Where do you sit with them? Um, I think I'll go under on that with the schedule. Again, they could maybe win six, but I'll go under. And, again, they've got some tough out-of-conference games. And um, I think, you know, they've got two tough ones there with Virginia Tech and Pitt. And uh, those are going to be big, big, big games. If they're going to, if they're going to exceed expectations, they would have to win at least one or both those. All right, so I went over five and a half for West Virginia. I think six is the number. Uh, I picked an in-conference and an out-of-conference game. So Kansas State in-conference and Virginia Tech, like you mentioned, out-of-conference. It's on the road at Virginia Tech uh, as well. So a tough game there for sure. But I think they make it over five and a half. But I don't think it's enough to save Neil Brown's job. I think they still might be moving on from him at the end of the year. Uh, And maybe Graham Harrell steps into the coaching job. They brought him over as well. TCU next up on the list. New head coach Sonny Dykes comes over from SMU. Uh, they have quarterback uncertainty. They've got good skill players. The defense has really struggled, but they've got a lot of returning experience on the defense, which can be a good thing. 
Uh, they have a number set at six and a half, and I just think that's too high for a team who doesn't know who their quarterback is, has a new coach, and struggles on defense. So I went under six and a half with TCU, and I've got their big game as Iowa State, a game they can win, uh, but one of those teams needs to win it to get anywhere close to six six wins. So where do you sit with TCU? Well, I um, again, I think under six and a half, I would agree with that. And um, I had a big game being one they probably should win, but um, they're going to need to, and it could sneak up on them out of conference as SMU. Okay. Yeah, SMU has climbed. Of course, Sonny Dyke's a big part of that. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, interesting. In-state. Uh, that'll be fun. Texas Tech is next on the list. New head coach Joey McGuire. He was an assistant at Baylor, never been a head coach in college. Um, he was supposedly a great high school coach in the state of Texas. He comes into Texas Tech. He's got a three-quarterback competition. So not as the only trying to decide between two guys. He's got three guys he's trying to decide against. Uh, they've got very good running backs, but, man, their pass defense is horrendous. Five wins for Texas Tech. I'm going under. Where do you sit with Texas Tech? Yeah, I would go under on that one, too, with uh, three quarterbacks, and I'm Patrick Mahomes, so I think um, we'll go under under five on that, and a game they would have to win would be TCU. I went with Houston as the game to, to watch for yeah. their Houston coming into the conference soon, um, and that's the game that I picked for them, but, yeah, you're right. Uh, Kansas, they beat Texas last year. They lost by one score to TCU West and West Virginia. They've got a returning quarterback, Jalen Daniels, which, again, I've said many times already in this episode, I love returning quarterbacks. Defense uh, was a little rough last year. They allowed 249.9 rushing yards per game. That has to get better. Their number is two and a half. They had the Jayhawks. Is there any hope in Kansas? Um, no, not a lot of hope for them. Two and a half is a low number. Um, but, um, so I'll go over and say maybe they can win three, but, uh, no, they're not going to be a good team. I go over also. I think they're more in the four win, win stage because I think they build on what they did last year, which was pretty impressive for them. It's pretty impressive. Uh, I got the game to watch TCU. We've talked about them a lot already in this conference, but that's the game that I think, Beating a TCU uh, now kind of puts them over where they need to be. Uh, big game I have is a rivalry game with Kansas State. Yeah, I don't think they can beat Kansas State. No. <laughs> but they would need to. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to our tiers then. Our championship tier, how many teams and what teams do you have in the national championship tier for the Big 12? Um, again, I don't have anybody from the Big 12, but I think Ooh. we'll qualify there. Wow. So nobody from the Big 12, nobody from the Pac-12. You're being kind of rough today, Dad. Um, all right. Well, I've got one team. I've got Baylor. I think Baylor is is good enough to be there. And so I put them there. Conference champions. How many you got of those? I got three. I got Baylor, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. Wow. Okay. I've got four teams there. I've got Oklahoma State, Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas State. I think that uh, – I are I kind of fought back and forth about Kansas State on this one, uh, but again with their experience and what they have and what they've done, and and again I think they have a Heisman hopeful and Deuce Vaughn. I think that can catapult them to the top and put them in a position to compete for that uh, conference championship. So I've got those four teams there. Um, let's skip down to the Vandy tier again, like we did last time. How many teams do you have, and what teams do you have in the Vanderbilt tier? I just have one, and that's Kansas. Again, I don't think they're like Vanderbilt, but I think they're the low team in the conference. All right, so I put Texas Tech here. And the way I look at it, again, is you got a coach, and he may be great. Um, he had a great high school career, but we're in the big leagues now. And even though he was an assistant at Baylor, that one scares me a lot. So I put Texas Tech in the cellar, in the Vanderbilt tier, I bumped Kansas up to the third tier this year. I had them in the Vanderbilt tier last year, but I bump them up with Iowa State, TCU, West Virginia, and Kansas in that third tier. So you've got a bunch of teams in that third tier. Yes. Yeah, I got everybody else. I got Texas, Kansas State, Iowa State, West Virginia, TCU, and Texas Tech. 
And um, I, I just think Texas is a year away um, from really, you know, getting up to the top echelon, but we'll see. Yeah, I agree with you. I just think that they could be a surprise. I don't even know if it's a surprise. Uh, but if Quinn Ewers is what they say he is, then they should be there towards the top of the of the conference as well. Uh, so I've got Baylor winning the conference. Who do you have? Uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I'm just really worried about Oklahoma this year. I think it could be a tough year. Uh, I hope I'm wrong because I like Brent Venables, but uh, I think they lost a lot this year. Um, and then who did you have winning the Pac-12? I don't remember. Um, that would be USC. And that's who I have as well. All right. So that's our Power 5 conferences. Um, we'll talk as we get closer to the season. We'll go through our playoff predictions and those kinds of things. We'll get to all that uh, as we get closer to the college football season. But, again, next week we're going to start off our NFL previews. And uh, we'll have plenty to talk about uh, with the NFL next week as we have uh, one game in the books by the time we record next week as well. Uh, anything else you want to add to the Big 12 or Pac-12 conversation? Well, I, I know we talked about this last week about, you know, would it be any kind of distraction with these conferences being team? They're losing um, teams, you know, the following year. And uh, I think the talk was, you know, you said that, well, you know, probably wouldn't affect the coaches and players a whole lot. And I think, you know, I, in some ways I could agree with that. But, you know, a lot of conversation again this week. And we were talking about the commissioners of the conference. I mean, I think this is going to stay stirred up um, all year long. And it was interesting hearing, you know, the, the commissioner of the Pac-12. Um, to me, <laughs> he's living in a fantasy world. You know, oh, they have great tradition and they're going to keep the great tradition. No, the great tradition is leaving. That's what the great tradition was there. They would have to build something else. And um, it's you know, it's not going to be the same Pac-12. And you know, if you can get inventive, then which I think what the Big 12 has done that, haven't they? Gone out and hired somebody that's kind of from a different genre. I mean, you're going to have to be inventive if you're going to try to compete with the Big Two or Three conferences. And um, you know, again, I, I don't know that the Big 12 is going to have the power teams um, that they need for that. Or if they're going to lose any more teams, I think that's a big thing with the Pac-12, too. Do they lose Washington and Oregon? And, again, does the Big 12 lose somebody to, you know, somebody else making you know, making a big move? So I, I think there would be a lot of discussion. And I think, you know, again, it will affect fans. And, um, you know, that will affect the teams to somewhat. So it would be interesting to see how these two conferences react as the season goes on. Yeah, I still don't think it's going to affect too much with it. I think it sounds like the Big 12 is actually in a pretty comfortable spot. Now, they're not they're not going to be able to compete with the Big 10. They're not going to be able to compete with the SEC. But I think they're comfortable with where they're at as long as they don't lose anybody else. They've added, what, Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and BYU. No, it's a BYU. They added somebody else also. I should know who it is, but I forget off the top of my head. So, uh, anyways, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. The realignment stuff is interesting. Um, we'll continue to watch it and kind of see what happens with it and where it where it all shakes down at the end of the day. Uh, all right, let's go to let's go to some NFL stuff real quick. Kyler Murray. Um, speaking of Oklahoma, uh, he signs a contract extension. They come out with the contract, release the contract, and in it has a clause where he has to study uh, game film for so many hours a week. Uh, what is it? It wasn't very much. Uh, a few hours a week. And then after all the hubbub about it, they take the clause out of the contract because it was distracting everybody. Um, is there anything to make of this Kyler Murray situation? Well, I mean, I think it was embarrassing for somebody. Um, what I was you know, hearing, I haven't heard definitively um, you know, did uh, did the agent put it in there? Murray didn't know about it. Uh, then once it leaked out, he found out about it. You know, did the agent miss that? You know, surely you wouldn't think that was the case. And, of course, you know, nobody's saying really, you know, what, why did they put that in there? You know, was there a big problem? Um, whatever. But, yeah, it definitely caused a lot of distraction and taking it out. I do think it'll smooth over. 
I heard people say, you know, this week that, well, first time he throws an interception, first time they lose, you know, you're going to keep hearing a lot of jokes about why well, he watch enough film or whatever. But I think they will get past this now. And not to jump ahead to our NFL previews, but I think Arizona could be really good. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for the first, what, eight games or something like that, six games. Um, yeah. They they got good young receiver there, but they lost Christian Kirk as well. They got Zach Ertz back, so that should be helpful. But, yeah, what it says to me is that Kyler Murray hasn't hasn't studied the way he needs to. Um, and if you're an NFL quarterback, I'm telling you, you just go look at the greats, right? Tom Brady, he there is no doubt that Tom Brady prepares for games. Peyton Manning historically, legendarily studied and prepared for games. Uh, Rogers studies and prepares for games. Westbrook, uh, not Westbrook, Wilson. Uh, Wilson studies for games. These great quarterbacks are always prepared. They know what's going on around them. Kyler Murray seems like he has just depended on his athleticism to get him through things. And we're at the NFL now. And his athleticism had a great start to the year last year, but a horrible ending to the year last year. And he has to now grow up into an NFL leading quarterback and uh, and to do that, you've got to study. And I think that he knew it was there. I think the team made it very clear. We're going to pay you a lot of money, but we need you to take that next step forward. And uh, But then they, when it went public, everything kind of came crashing down. And at the end of the day, I mean, there's issues in Arizona with Kyler Murray anyhow. There was issues at the end of the year. He took all the pictures of the Cardinals off his Instagram. It sounded like he was going to want out, all that kind of stuff. Um, so we know there's already issues there anyhow. This did not go well uh, for, for Arizona at the end of the day. Now, they got them signed, so maybe that's that's all they needed to do. And uh, hopefully, Kyler Murray, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some conversation of, you still have to do this. We're going to take it out of the contract, but there's an incentive. There's got to be an incentive there somehow uh, for him to make sure he's doing what he's supposed to do. Uh, let's see here. We'll get into all our NFL stuff next week. So I don't want to spend a whole lot more time, uh, there. Ryan Kerrigan announced he's retiring. Uh, somebody else I thought did as well. Uh, the chiefs went out and got, uh, an edge rusher as well in Dunlop. So there's some things happening and more things will come down the pike here very soon as well. Uh, let's see here. Let's talk, let's talk golf quickly and then we'll close with major league baseball. Uh, the Live Tour continues to make news. Charles Barkley officially out. Uh, they'd never made him an offer, and he said he had he could not leave TNT hanging. Maybe that was the old football coach saying, I've removed my name from consideration. I'm not sure. But we know Barkley's not joining the Live Tour. But we know Bubba Watson is joining the Live Tour. And I tuned in this weekend, Dad. I sent you the link in case you wanted to also. I tuned into the Live Tour. It was enjoyable. It felt like golf. Um, a familiar voice. And David Faraday was talking on, on the broadcast. Uh, players that I knew were golfing and actually leading the tour as well. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Enjoyed watching it this week. Uh, the Live Tour doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. Yeah, no, I, I think they're going to be, I, I think they're going to be fine. We, you know, we will see. There's things that to be worked out about can the players still play, you know, in the majors and all that type of thing. Of course, came out this week that they're going to expand their schedule, um, mm -hmm. you know, next year. And when Barkley was talking about going, you know, he seemed to imply that definitely they would get a network deal. If they get a network deal, then that changes um, everything. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely it's not go it's not going away. And for the PGA to not react to it um, may be a big mistake down the line. Uh, one of the arguments is it's a three day tournament instead of a four day tournament. Therefore, they do not qualify for world rankings through this tournament. Do you think they need to make adjustments so that so that they can qualify for that? Or do you think it really comes down to professional golfers playing golf and getting paid and they're getting that no matter what? So what's your thoughts on the player rankings? Well, I, I, I think, again, you're going to want all the good players in the major tournaments. So depending what they have to do, but the live tours obviously decided the three days, you know, um, is what they want to do. And I did not, Watch it. You did send me the link. I would like to, but I didn't get a chance to. So if it's enjoyable to watch and everything, 
um, then, you know, we, we, we'll see where it goes. Like you said, it's not going to go away. Yeah, it, it really I just felt like a normal golf golf tournament to me watching it. There's some differences because they're talking about the teams and stuff like that. But again, it was Dustin Johnson at the top of the leaderboard, and it was Phil Mickelson out there golfing, and it was guys that I knew. And there were guys on there I didn't know as well, but uh, there was good golf. There was a lot of really close shots on some par threes and some excitement there buzzing around uh, as people were watching as well. There were some odd things. Um, one of the tee boxes is like next to the clubhouse. So you could hear music playing at the clubhouse. Uh, there was a lot of talking. It wasn't quiet at the tee box because uh, there was a lot of noise going on in the background, which I thought was interesting. That felt a little different, but everything else seemed seemed the same. Uh, it got me excited. I'm going golfing on Monday, Dad, and I they got me ready to go. Uh, first time this year that I'm going to get out, so looking forward to that. Uh, Major League Baseball. We'll talk more about this next week because the trade deadline is Tuesday. We've already seen a couple of trades go down. Nothing too major. Seattle does acquire uh, Castillo from the Reds. Uh, very solid pickup. They gave up three of their top five prospects to get them. Um, so it seems almost like a win-win. You don't see a whole lot of trades that I feel like are win-wins. I think this one might be, but some of it depends on those prospects. Do they ever turn into anything? And we've seen the Reds prospects that they've gotten in trades not turn into anything before. Uh, any thoughts on the Seattle-Castillo trade? Well, yeah, it seemed like definitely a good move for Seattle. And um, I was talking, you know, to your mom about this because she's a big Reds fan and she was pretty distraught, didn't just thought it was another bad move. But I said, you know, these are good prospects. And if the Reds, you know, if they are going to build for the future and they do know what they're doing, then they picked up maybe some good players. So maybe it will be a win-win, but I think it was definitely good for Seattle. Seattle has some good young players already, so probably they could give up some prospects. And Castillo could really make a difference for them. And again, with having young players, I don't think this is a move just for this year. Um, you know, this is something we could ha- head them in the right direction. And right now it looks like they could have a shot at the wild card. Well, that's where it is, right? I mean, you're talking about two or three weeks ago, Seattle would, would have been sellers at the deadline. And then also they went on this massive win streak and they got themselves in position to make the playoffs. And they are currently sitting in a wild card spot They're They have a better record and win percentage than anybody in the AL central. Um, and right now they're tied with Tampa Bay. So you got New York, Toronto, and Houston that are above them. Uh, so they're, they're sitting comfortably in that spot, but they had to take a step forward to make sure they kept pushing forward, and, and they don't hurt themselves this year by getting rid of the prospects. And Luis Castillo, he, he came on strong these last couple outings before the trade deadline to earn himself a spot in a potential spot in the playoffs this year. Um, you look at that AL – Right now, like I said, you got the Yankees who are clearly going to win the East. You got the Astros who are clearly going to win the West. Everything else is wide open. Uh, the AL Central is still wide open. Uh, Cleveland's a game and a half back on Minnesota. Chicago's three games back on Minnesota. Um, and then you've got Tampa uh, and Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore has jumped Boston now in the standings, Dad. Baltimore is a legit team all of a sudden. Yeah. What happened in Baltimore? Well, again, you know, it's interesting to interesting to watch that because we young, you know, you get a team with young players, it proves that you know they they can develop, and that's apparently what's happening there. Everybody says Trey Mancini's getting traded here this week, um, but Baltimore they're they're only three games out, two games out, something like that, uh, two and a half games out from a wild card spot right now. So if you're Baltimore, you know, I mean, I guess it depends on what you can get back, but. I don't think you're selling this 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 time around because now all of a sudden now you're making a run at the playoffs and Boston, uh, who Milwaukee has just dominated so far in this series. There you go, Brewers. Um, I mean, my goodness, Boston's in last place and they led the East for most of the season last year. So, uh, what an interesting division the American League East is uh, this year, especially when you look at the other divisions. Going, there's no excitement, <laughs> no excitement going on in the AL uh, there. Um, one interesting name that popped up on the trade. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but Shohei Otani's name popped up in the trade rumors. Um, it, you would think it would be a massive haul if that happened. I don't see, I don't see LA trading Shohei 
if they haven't talked about trading Mike Trout, who's been there longer, you wouldn't think they would trade Shohei Atani, would they? No, I mean, that wouldn't make any sense at all. Of course, sometimes trades don't make sense, but no, that, I mean, that's a player that, that you know, um, has a lot of value, both, you know, playing as well as just publicity. Well, essentially, you said they don't make sense sometimes. Baseball trades oftentimes don't make sense. I'm always surprised by sometimes what, what goes on in baseball trades. Uh, one of the names that everyone is assuming, actually, Jeff Passon said 80% certain that Juan Soto is traded before the Tuesday deadline passes. Um, there, you know, the Nationals, rightfully so, have, have been asking for a massive return in prospects and draft picks in return for, for Juan Soto. I've gone on record to say I think he goes to the Cubs. Uh, I think the Cubs make a move for him, but most people say it's either New York or L.A. What are your thoughts on Juan Soto? Well, like I said, what I heard this week was what they're asking. Unless they come off of that, he could end up just staying where he is. So as far as where he'll go, I mean, a lot of teams could benefit from him. And sometimes when you get a great player like this, um, a team that you really haven't heard that's been under the radar all of a sudden jumps up and makes a move. So it, it'll be real interesting to see where he goes. Yeah, I mean, you got teams like Philadelphia. Uh, you got teams like St. Louis. Uh, and again, I still think the Cubs are the, are the team to watch here. Um, Seattle, I thought, could be in the running, but now they made this trade. It's not going to happen. They lose three of their top five prospects. The Dodgers do have a very deep prospect pool, which is surprising when you look at the way they build their team. Uh, but they've got one of the top, I think it's the second-ranked um, system right now, farm system. So they've got some prospects they could send. And guys like Cody Bellinger, who haven't been great but are a name, uh, that they could send back as well. So they're definitely a team to watch out for um, also from there. Uh, in the National League, the uh, National League East, the Mets three games up on Atlanta. Um, DeGrom is coming back, I think, Tuesday is when DeGrom comes back for the Mets. We'll see how that goes. Milwaukee, since the All-Star break, uh, is looking pretty solid. They've done well. Uh, so far, the offense seems to be finally finding a little bit of a pace. Christian Yelich seems to have found whatever was wrong with him. He's still not hitting home runs, but he's getting on base a whole lot. And Rodriguez continues to rake for Milwaukee. St. Louis, three games back there. And then in the West, the Dodgers have clear control. 12 games up on San Diego. San Francisco now is 18 and a half back. They're six and a half back from San Diego. Uh, San Francisco, are they losing out on their chance for a playoff spot? Yeah, they've, they've really struggled. They've gotten swept in a couple series. And, again, I guess there's time if they make a move. Um, but, yeah, they've, they've, really, they've really slipped here as of late. So, Yeah, right now St. Louis and Philadelphia would be fighting for that final playoff spot. San Diego, three games up on them, but uh, could fall back as well. So definitely plenty of things to watch out for as the baseball season makes the turn and uh, headed for home here in just a couple months. Um, less than that, actually, now, uh, well, no, two months, and we'll figure it out who will be in the playoffs for Major League Baseball. Any other thoughts, baseball-related or other thoughts you want to talk about before we head out? Um, no, like I said, nothing, nothing baseball-wise. I enjoy, like I said, training camp and keeping up on that. You know, mainly the Packers is what I keep up on right now, but I try to keep my eye on everybody's training camp and I don't know if you caught it, but boy, something interesting. We don't really, we're not big Titans fans, but this week at training camp, they may have made a move that may, they may really have quite a year with the motivation they brought in. I don't know if you saw that, but woo, the nature boy showed up in Tennessee this week. They played his music. Ric Flair came out. Turns out he's a big friend with uh, Vrabel, said Vrabel could have had a great wrestling career if he had wanted to. And um, so that was interesting. I'd love to see who shows up at camp. And there was a nature boy. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that has any any playing into how their season goes. But they did trade away A.J. Brown, and they drafted Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks looks pretty solid so far. Granted, it is just opening day camp. But uh, looking solid there. George Pickens looking great in Pittsburgh. Uh, he was later in the draft and a really solid college uh, receiver with some injury issues, but he's looking good. Quarterback battle in Pittsburgh is full-blown right now. Uh, Marcus Mariota named starting quarterback in Atlanta, which was expected. Um, and then uh, the fourth-round 
pick wide receiver for Green Bay, looking solid so far as well. Yeah. Uh, so um, there'll be plenty to talk about, but we'll get into it. We're going to go to the um, East divisions, uh, NFC and AFC East divisions. Next week's show, we'll talk about the win totals. We'll talk through the additions and subtractions. We'll talk through fantasy players and impact there as well. And then, Dad, I haven't told you this. We're also going to start ranking positions for fantasy as well, not just the uh, East divisions, but we'll go ahead and rank some positions as well. So we'll get into all that next week. Tune in uh, Tuesday night live uh, or Wednesday on the podcast. we got EKU uh, position previews continue with the wide receivers. We'll have the wide receiver coach and uh, one of the wide receivers on the show with us as well. All right. Uh, thank you for tuning in today. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sports Stove. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast version, give us a five-star review and like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And on YouTube as well, uh, throw us a subscription and a thumbs up uh, there as well. We'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Sports Stove podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.